Okay, as we keep going with our New Testament challenge, this morning we come to the 15th chapter of Matthew. Matthew chapter 15, and Jesus rebukes and instructs the Pharisees in this chapter, and he uh, commends a woman's faith, and we also find him performing yet more miracles. Uh, there's actually a, a, a fair bit to take note of in this chapter, so let's let's just get going. And here's the first uh, sort of truth or observation I would make, and it has to do with God's will and our will. Um, so the chapter begins with the quote-unquote scribes and Pharisees, or Pharisees and scribes, coming to Jesus and uh, ask him an accusatory question. Um, the Pharisees and scribes, as you may already know, were the religious leaders and teachers among the Jews of that day, um, the Sadducees being the other group, though they're not mentioned here. But they approach Jesus and they ask him why he and his disciples, quote, break the tradition of the elders, end quote. That's the first part of verse 2. The specific, quest, quest, uh, excuse me, the specific tradition that they had in mind had to do with um, ceremonial washing before meals. You see that in the second part of the verse, for they do not wash their hands when they eat. Why do they have such a tradition? Um, well, they, be, they believe that sort of faithful adherence to these kinds of rituals were necessary to gaining and maintaining favor with God. And we gather that's the reason, uh, judging from what Jesus says a few verses later in verse um, 11 when he says it's not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth. So it's, it has to do with what is defiling the person. They were sort of firm in their belief in this because it was the tradition of the elders. In other words, this was not only what they believed, but their fathers and their grandfathers and their great-grandfathers, etc. They believed this tradition and held to it. Um, were they really going to believe that this carpenter from Nazareth was in the right and they and all who had gone before them were wrong? It was hard, if not nearly impossible, to see past their own biases. That's true for every one of us. But Jesus showed them that their, their faithfulness to their own traditions was actually causing them to disobey Scripture without even realizing it. Jesus points out that another tradition of theirs, their method of devoting all of their possessions to God, was causing them to break the fifth commandment to honor your father and mother because they, they refused to use some of their means to take care for their aging parents. That's in verses 3 through 6. Jesus then quotes Isaiah 29, 13 and says it speaks of them because... They say they are honoring God because of their adherence to their tradition, but in reality, their hearts were far from the Lord. That is so very true, a danger we face today. We shouldn't automatically believe the traditions handed down to us are wrong and should be changed, but every tradition should be examined in the light of Scripture. There was nothing wrong with the Pharisees and scribes ceremonially washing before eating, but it became a dangerous thing when they when they elevated their own tradition above knowing and doing the will of God set forth in the Bible. It's kind of scary to think that we can believe that we're pleasing the Lord when really the reality is the opposite. So I think this just highlights once again the importance of being like the man in Psalm 119 who meditates on God's word day and night 
and stores it up in his heart that I might not sin against you, Psalm 119.11. Um, our ultimate allegiance is to what God has told us in his word. And so let all other traditions go if they ever become a hindrance to our obedience of scripture. Secondly, let's think about what really matters. Jesus turns to his disciples and tells them not to be persuaded by the Pharisees because they give the appearance of godliness. He tells them that the condition of a person's heart before the Lord is what really matters. This is what Jesus means when he tells them that, quote, it is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth that defiles a person. Matthew 15, verse 11. When Jesus says what comes out of the mouth is the real indicator of spiritual life, remember that he's already told us back in chapter 12 that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's Matthew 12, 34. So Jesus is driving home the point that keeping certain rituals or traditions doesn't mean your heart is pure. And neglecting certain rituals doesn't mean your heart is impure. What matters is whether or not the Holy Spirit has awakened your heart to your sin and your need for his grace through Jesus Christ. This is part of what Jesus means when he says in verse 13, every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be rooted up. He is saying that while the Pharisees appeared godly, the reality is that God the Father hadn't planted, quote-unquote, spiritual life in their hearts. What matters is whether the Lord has planted spiritual life in your heart, and you know whether he has or not by your desire and willingness to know and do his will. Uh, here's a third truth, sort of a lesson on faith from this chapter. Um, after this encounter with the Pharisees these, uh, and these lessons to his disciples, Jesus withdrew to another place and was approached by a Canaanite woman who needed his help. That's in verse 22. Um, her daughter was severely oppressed by a demon, it says in verse 23, and she knew Jesus could help. Jesus tested her faith. He first gave the appearance of ignoring her. Verse 23 said he did not answer her a word. He then gave the appearance of being uh, disinclined to help. <laughs> this is what is meant when he tells her, uh, in verse 26, it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. And despite all of these initial impressions, the Canaanite woman still believed and still pleaded with the Lord to help her. At this point, Jesus commended her for her incredible faith and gave the word for her daughter to be healed as she had asked. That's verse 28. And I think this is a great lesson that Great faith is demonstrated by great persistence in the midst of opposition. The Lord will always answer our prayers in his own way. But sometimes when he doesn't appear to answer our prayers immediately, or when it appears that the Lord doesn't want to answer our prayers at all, we should persist in our prayers rather than give up. This is the hope that I think God's word, God's word gives us in this chapter. And just a final word about the power of Jesus. Just as in the last chapter... This chapter ends with another demonstration of the great power of the Lord. Um, Jesus ends by demonstrating power over sickness and disease in verses 29 to 31, as well as his ability to create an abundance out of just a little bit. That's verses 32 to 39. Um, so just the Lord's intentions are always good, and his power is great. So I just think what an incredible motive that is, to pray and to trust and to keep on praying and keep on trusting. And, th and in this way, we honor the Lord. So um, 
today, let's, let's just take this word of goodness that we've seen in, in Matthew 15 and just let's pray and trust him today. He's a good and he's a powerful God.